This morning, we are launching a new series. Over August, um, every Sunday, we're going to be looking at the theme of reconciliation. And this morning, I'd love to kick off um, this series by looking at a passage in the Bible from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The God who is reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Like many of you here, um, just a few days ago, um, I returned from Focus. And Focus was an amazing time for our family. I have two small children, and I think Focus is the most fun they have in the entire year. It has loads of advantages that they have friends to play with, loads of activities to do. But there's one small disadvantage of all of that fun, and that is bedtime. On the first evening of Focus, I saw my four-year-old daughter, and I said to her the words, darling, it's bedtime. And immediately, I saw her bottom lip pop out. Her little foot stomped to the floor. Her red and crossed face start shaking, and this little fist start banging against my leg. Well, it took us a little while. <laughs> But later that evening, uh, my daughter got into bed. And as I sat down next to her, she turned to me and said, I'm sorry, Daddy, and gave me a huge hug. There really is nothing like the beauty and the power of reconciliation. Opposition transformed to intimacy. Enemies becoming friends. War turned to peace. Friends coming back together, marriages restored, families reunited. And the Christian message is all about reconciliation. It is at the heart of the Christian faith that there is a hope and a power that separation and opposition can be reconciled, that division can find unity. And the peace of reconciliation is one of the great fruits and products that Jesus promises to all who follow him. However, I think we all know the need for reconciliation in our world, whether it's China, Hong Kong, whether it's left and right, dare I say it, whether it's leave and remain. And I think we all know the need for reconciliation in our own lives as well. And I think that comes in a few ways. Firstly, I think we find we need reconciliation in our own lives internally. We need internal reconciliation in the sense that sometimes we lack peace. Maybe you've had a sleepless night worrying about something. Perhaps maybe you've had some anxiety about a decision to make or a mistake that you've made. We need an internal reconciliation and peace. But I think we also need reconciliation externally in our relationships with others, where there is disagreement and opposition, where there's been broken trust. How can that relationship with that friend, that colleague, that family member be 
reconciled. But I think we also look for eternal reconciliation as well. We each have to answer that question, who are you before God? Are you close to him? Are you distant from him? What might be the things that separate you and how can you become one with God? So this morning, as we start this series on reconciliation, I want us to see two things. I want us to see, firstly, how each of us can experience reconciliation in our lives, but then secondly, how we can be the kind of people that bring reconciliation to the world and the lives of others around us. So firstly, how can we experience reconciliation? Well, St. Paul assumes that we need reconciliation. His message is, be reconciled. St. Paul is telling us that all of humanity, which has been created by a loving God, has gone off track with God. In the last few weeks and months, I've been having some really interesting conversations with my six-year-old son about God. And really the thing that sparked his interest in God is we listened to a song that had the lyrics, our God is stronger. My son loves strength. So he said to me, Daddy, is God strong? And being a clergyman in the Church of England and loving making a good spiritual teaching point, I sat him down and I told him all about how God is the strongest force in the world, to which he replied with the obvious next question, who is stronger, God or the Hulk? (laughs) Well, I... I tried to convince him that possibly God might be a little bit stronger. But he sat down and he just thought for a moment. And he looked up at me and said, Daddy, I want to be the strongest. I want to be God. (laughs) I think actually it's very similar for each of us. We want to be the God of our lives and not really acknowledge the true God. The first step to reconciliation with God is to acknowledge that you got off track with God. As you walked down the driveway into the church this morning, I wonder if you saw the sculpture of the prodigal son, a father embracing their child who has returned home. That is really a picture of what happens when anyone turns to God. You can know that this morning. Whatever you've done, whatever is in your past, whatever you're going through, God stands before you with wide open arms. And if you turn to him, he will receive you into his loving arms. And this love is also the power for reconciliation in the rest of our lives. Before working in a church, I was a musician and my instrument was percussion. And occasionally I'd get to play in an orchestra. And a few years ago, I was playing in an orchestra. And the instrument, the percussion instrument I had to play for this piece was the clash cymbals. If you've ever seen clash cymbals, it's two large cymbals that you hold with leather straps, and you basically hit them as hard as you can together. It's one of the loudest sounds in the whole orchestra. And the particular piece that we were playing in this orchestra was quite strange because I only had one note to play. (laughs) In this piece, it reached a great peak 
where there was one big crash on the clash cymbals. And that was my big moment, all I had to do. So as the music began, I was sat at the back of the orchestra. I was following my music incredibly carefully, making sure I got my moment right. And as the moment approached, I stood up. I picked up my cymbals from their holder. I opened my arms out, ready for this huge moment. And a second before I was about to play, a seed of doubt popped into the back of my head. Ben, is this really the right moment? Have you followed the music correctly? And as I answered that doubt, I said, no, 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 I'm definitely in the right place. I looked up back at the music. I looked at the conductor in his eyes. And I realized in that moment, I'd completely missed my big crash. <laughs> so in front of a large audience, a large orchestra, and a very disappointed conductor, I put my cymbals back in their holder, <laughs> sat down, and wished the world would swallow me up. <laughs> we all make mistakes. But when you know that there is a place, that whatever mistake you make, whatever you've done to fail, whatever you've done wrong, if you know there is a place that you can go that you'll be lovingly received, it means you can freely and regularly say, I'm sorry. Whatever happens next, whatever people say, whatever the consequences, even if the orchestra never asks you to come and play for them again, <laughs> you can know that you are ultimately and perfectly loved. The first step to experiencing reconciliation is admitting where you've been off track. But the next step is to find the way back. In verse 18, St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And reconciliation requires something that God has done for us. St. Paul is saying you can't achieve reconciliation by yourself. It's not about your performance. It's not doing about the right things. It's not doing about enough of the certain things. The only way to get back in reconciliation with God is to receive what God has done for you. Paul writes in verse 19, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. The purpose and the mission of Jesus was to remove any barriers between you and knowing the intimacy and the peace of God. And he did it all by dying on a cross to remove them. The singer Lionel Richie, famous for songs like, Hello, Is It You? Is It Me You're Looking For? <laughs> all Night Long, Easy Like a Sunday Morning, I can tell there are some fans here today. Lionel Richie was doing an interview um, a while ago with Jeremy Vine. And in this interview, he told the story of how he grew up in quite a poor background. But as he started to sing, he started to make money. And as he became more and more famous, he started to make more and more money. And one time, it was his father's birthday. And on his father's birthday, he bought him a huge present. And he brought out this huge parcel and he handed it to his father. And his father, eyes wide open, was so excited to see what could be in this box. So he opened the wrapping paper, opened the box up. He looked inside to find another parcel, 
more wrapping paper. So he took it out. He opened the wrapping paper, opened the box to find inside another parcel, more wrapping paper. He looked a bit confused and a little bit disappointed, but he opened the next box up, took off the wrapping paper, and this went on and on and on. And as the parcels inside got smaller and smaller and smaller, Lionel Rich's father looked more and more disappointed until he got to the center of the parcel, a tiny little box that he opened up to find inside a little piece of paper. And the little piece of paper simply said on it, all debts paid. And the father looked up at Lionel Richie and said, what you mean you've paid off my credit card debts? Lionel Richie said, I've paid off all your credit card debts. His father looked up at him and said, what about the car? Lionel Richie said, I've paid off the car. Lionel Richie's father tentatively looked up at him and said, the mortgage? <laughs> to which Lionel Richie responded, I've paid the mortgage. The debt is paid. All debts paid. Jesus Christ has paid all of your debts, removing anything that separates you from God and placing it on the cross so that you can be reconciled to God. You can know his presence. You can know his supernatural peace. And you can know freedom from the past. St. Paul writes, we implore you then on Christ's behalf, because of all Christ has done, be reconciled to God. And often when someone puts their faith in Jesus, when they become a Christian, the first thing they experience is peace. The peace that all their debts have been removed, that their distance from God has been replaced with intimacy. You can know that peace today. All you need to do is simply invite Jesus to come into your life. But once you've experienced reconciliation with God, it gives you the power to find reconciliation in other areas of your life. The way I think of it is, if someone hurts you or causes you pain in a relationship, it's like they give you a big, heavy bag. And you've got a couple of choices. You could pick up that bag and you can throw it back at them. You can punish them. You can repay wrong for wrong. Or you can hold on to that bag you can wear it as a weight of sadness, and you can try and stuff it down deep inside. What Jesus asks each of us to do is when you're hurt, when you've been wronged, look up to him. See all the hurts and wrongs you've ever done, which he has removed. Then you can realize that this bag of hurt and pain, you can simply give to him and place at the foot of the cross, where he can deal with that. Then you have the power to begin the journey of love and forgiveness to anyone who has hurt you. You may have seen a TV program called SAS Who Dares Wins. If anyone's been unfortunate not to see it yet, 
It is incredible. Now, it's about four um, ex-SAS Special Forces soldiers who take a group of 30 civilians, regular people, through the SAS selection process. And really, they, they spend a week being physically and mentally challenged. It's brutal and awesome all at the same time. And really, throughout the series, the question you're asking is, who's going to survive? And really, it's out of the 30 people that start the process, there's usually only one or two who make it to the very end. And I think the most amazing and surprising thing about the show is the qualities that they look for in the people that will make it to the end. Because you start the show thinking, well, the people that will get through will be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, the most muscly, the most macho. Whereas actually, by the end of the series, you realize that two of the qualities that the SAS are looking for more than anything else in their soldiers is integrity and perseverance. They're looking for people who, when you're in a battlefield, when you're in a life and death situation, that you know the person next to you is completely honest with you, that they can admit their mistakes and that they can work together to overcome them, and that they will never give up. Reconciliation is not simple, it's not easy. I know for myself, there have been relationships and there currently are relationships in my life that need ongoing reconciliation. It requires the greatest levels of character and strength, integrity and perseverance. But Jesus Christ is not only the model for reconciliation, but he can give each of us the strength to never give up that reconciliation is possible. So it's possible to experience reconciliation. But secondly and finally, how can you be a person that brings reconciliation to this world and to the people around you? St. Paul says, God has committed us to the ministry of reconciliation. God's means of bringing reconciliation in this world is you and me. This message that peace is possible, he has entrusted to us. Some of you may have heard Sadie Robertson, who's a, a well-known US celebrity, speak at our leadership conference in May. And Sadie was asked about social media and how it should be used best. And this is what she said. It really doesn't matter how many followers you have. The miracle is that you have truth to speak to a generation. Wanting to rock the world but having nothing to say is a nightmare. But wanting to rock the world and actually having something to say that will change someone's life, that's a miracle. St. Paul says you have something to say. He says, you are therefore Christ's ambassadors, though God was making his appeal through you. So often I think we discount ourselves from being able to be an ambassador for Jesus. We think things like, I'm not a very good speaker, I'm not a very good model, I'm not living a very good life. Surely there are other people that should be doing that. It should be the vicars. Surely that's their job to do that. Well, to be a bringer of reconciliation, the only requirement is that you've had a personal experience 
of being brought to peace with God. Let me show you what I've got down here. I wonder what you are looking at. I wonder how many of you are thinking, that's a beautiful bag he's got there. Look at that shade of gray. Perhaps I'll find that color and uh, use it on my kitchen walls. Maybe some of you are looking at the, the bag and thinking, well, it's got quite a large capacity. This seems a very useful bag. Maybe some of you are thinking, oh, I want to get a closer look at that bag, actually. I think I'd really quite like one of those. Or perhaps maybe you're looking at what's inside the bag. Perhaps maybe you're thinking, well, that looks a little bit like a bottle. Maybe a bottle of champagne. Hmm, quite like a bottle of champagne. Maybe he's giving out bottles of champagne today. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> Our focus is drawn to what's inside the bag. None of us really look at the flimsy packaging of this bag. It's actually in the weakness of our humanity, the frailty of our brokenness, that God's reconciliation is able to be seen. So if God put his message in a more impressive vehicle, people would be drawn to look at the vehicle and not at the treasure inside. You may be thinking, I wish I was more impressive then people would see Jesus. I wish I was a better speaker. I wish I was a better model of lifestyle. Then I'd be able to reveal Jesus. But no, it is in our weakness that Jesus is revealed because the kind of ambassadors that Jesus Christ desires is not perfect people, but it is broken people who are held together only by the grace of God because then he knows that you can shine the grace of Jesus through this church, in this city, and to this nation. In Jesus' name, amen.